If you're looking for a new way to support Side Mission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle and Matt. And today we're talking about one of the most anticipated games of the summer, if not the most anticipated. And it's also one of the most anticipated of the year. I know this is, you know, a game that a lot of people have been looking forward to. We're talking about Final Fantasy 16. And man, this game delivers on the hype. I'm just going to come right out and say this is my point of view first. We're obviously going to get to y'all as well and what y'all think. Um, I think this game delivers on the hype that it had behind it. And I think this is one of the best Final Fantasy games that we have received in recent memory. The gameplay is awesome. The story is really, really interesting, really well told. It's not perfect. There's absolutely some things that we're going to talk about as far as critique, and like we do with all games, that I think we, I think we all genuinely enjoy this game, fellas. Y'all, one of y'all can speak up, or y'all can speak up and tell me now if I'm wrong in that. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, that I, this is probably I, the worst oh. Final Fantasy game ever. Gameplay did not deliver <laughs> on the hype. I think that this was probably the most lackluster story I've ever seen. I just playing. <laughs> Oh no! You better hit me in the middle of the in the, in the middle of talking, and then just yeah. So I think this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but no, on a serious note, um, I've I've been playing Final Fantasy for a very long time. This is definitely a, a step in the right direction when it comes to giving the series a little bit more maturity. Uh, kind of yes. that word thrown around a lot and it's absolutely true now i'm not a big game of thrones fan but i see that that type of comparison get tossed around all over the place and i get it like the, the, the setting is is very much like that the way that the uh the, the map is split into like different domains is like pretty much that as well like you have the uh, kingdom of rosaria where your main character is from you have uh Sembrek. And then you have like the more desert lands uh, is the uh, Dalmekian Dalmekian Republic. Yep. And I like the fact that each one of these has such a wide variety of cast of characters uh, that you know represent where they're from. And what I I think what I greatly love about this the story is the uh, protagonist Clive has such a complicated like story like. Uh, when you're starting off the demo, you start him off as young, and you know you realize he's a he's a, a prince, and that he has another brother named Joshua, and that the gods basically choose uh, some someone to take over what is called an icon. Which anyone who knows Final Fantasy and knows the summons, like these, basically these summons are like these entities that dwell within what are called dominants. And Joshua was picked instead of Clive because Clive was rejected. And the dominant of fire chose Joshua, and you learn about yep. that in the very beginning, and that you know that the the phoenix chose Joshua, not Clive. And like, I think what's really interesting is like Clive comes from this family, and you meet his father. I believe his name was uh, what was it? Was. Uh, Elwin. Elwin. Shit. <laughs> uh, Elwin. You really playing most of the game. You tell me. <laughs> And Ellen, Ellen is such a great character. Like, no, he does not have a lot of time here, but from what we get from him, you can see he really cares about his boys and that, you know, he definitely Dude. sees Clive 
as the type that is, you know, a good guard for his brother, because he was chosen as Joshua's shield. Um, but his mother, on the other hand, because of Clive being rejected, she's just a total bitch to him and treats him lesser than. A total bitch, man, and treats him like a lesser than. Um, yeah, but I, I have said this that, um, and this is going to be good for Game of Thrones. You know, Cersei from Game of Thrones, like the 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 one uh-huh. like, the one good quality about her character is that, despite how much of an evil piece of shit she is, she at least loves her children. Yeah, take that part away, and that's, <laughs> what, that's what Clive's mother is. Take that part exactly. away. Clive's mother is all of the negatives of Cersei and worse. Exactly. Uh, so I just want to get through this section. Like, I love the fact that they released a demo about probably for the first two hours of the game, which is basically the prologue. Um, there, there's a lot to take in, honestly, as far as the story goes. Like, during and a you're certain part, of it, you're leaving a whole lot for the rest of us to talk about, brother. I'll just, I'll just leave it at this. Um, <laughs> I like, I like the comparisons because I've, I've seen this. as like there's a certain section of the game that is just really like cutthroat, and I, I mean that literally. Um, and I actually, I, I was playing that section. I was like, okay, this is giving me very much Red Wedding, honestly. A little bit of a different kind of like purpose, but pretty much all the same. Yeah, I, I think that people have really, you mentioned like how the word mature has been thrown around for this game. And a lot of people, especially when the demo first came out, were asking like, holy cow, why is it so graphic? Why is it so bloody? Why is it so gory? Kyle, I think you sent the meme to us where it says that. And then it's the dude pointing at the M rating. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if y'all just missed that, but the game is not rated T. It's rated M. And I yeah. like this. Again, it, it's a step in the right direction for a more mature version of storytelling because people who have really criticized the game for being more mature have said, like, oh, it just parades about it, but it's just more violent. Well, no, there's actually a lot of talk about depression. There's a lot of talk about suicide. There's a lot of talk about some really dark subject matter in this game that you have yeah. to be mature in order to be able to handle. And a lot of that is told in the game's excellent variety of side quests as well as the main story. So... I think that, you know, Square should be really commended for being able to make not only a story that's really interesting, but also side quests that are really interesting. That's a good thing. You need that in games like this. It's not an open world game. It more or less kind of has a map and you can go to wherever on it, but you have to fast travel to that area and then you're in that one confined area that, you know, has the amount of content that, you know, that area offers. That was a lot of uses of the word content in like three sentences, but bear with me. Um, now, let's before we heap more praise, let's go over critiques, because as we do with games that we really like, let's go over into the critiques and get those kind of out of the way first, talk about kind of what we didn't like, and then we'll, we'll we'll gush over this game a little bit more. Kyle, let's just get out. Let's get the low-hanging fruit out of the way, brother. There's a lot of fucking cutscenes in this game. Bro. And it is, to an overbearing degree in the early game, it is all almost all cutscenes. I remember... I think I timed it up. When I started the demo, I think it took about five minutes before I actually was given control of my character. It uh, There's that much cutscene in it. Like It took five full minutes of cutscene, and then it was walk five steps, cutscene. Walk ten steps, cutscene. And these cutscenes aren't just you know, 15, 20 seconds long. These are two, three-minute-long cutscenes to where it feels like you're watching a movie. And Kyle, I know that was a big negative for you, especially early on. Yeah, I gotta say that I think when a game looks as good as this does, 
I can excuse a little bit of extra cutscenes because I enjoy looking at the game. I think that this game looks and performs very well. And, I mean, it's definitely not something that, you know, I want to see less of. Um, because I think that they did a really good job. Um, however, I don't need a cutscene. I don't need more cutscenes than gameplay. Because that's yep. that's how the entire first part of the game is. And it's so annoying when the combat and the gameplay just in general is really, really fun. And I'm having to, you know, trudge through all of these boring, talkative cutscenes. Like, most of it is garbage. Most of it does not need to be said. I'm going to be honest, Square Enix could have taken half of these cutscenes out. Story would have still been amazing. I think if you want to read this much, go play Mass Effect. This is not a Mass Effect game. This is a Final Fantasy game where, yes, they do have a good bit of dialogue, but I have never played a game before in my life where there were more cutscenes than dialogue, and I wasn't joking about that. Like, I'm not kidding. The first... 10 hours of this game are cutscenes because you are going to fight one battle and then you're going to go into 10 more cutscenes and then you're going to do two boss fights and go to more cutscenes and then you know it's it got to a point to where I was actually skipping cutscenes because I would have turned off the game if I didn't I got so fucking bored and it's it's hard for me because I have the worst ADHD out of anybody, so like I feel that yeah. you know it. It's it's really hard for me to just sit there and watch a movie when I'm trying to play a game because that's not what I sat down to do. If I if if I mentally prepare myself to sit down for two hours and not move, it's because I'm gonna watch a movie. But when I sit down to game, you know I'm trying to you know get that enjoyment out. of it. I'm trying to do something, you know, and I could I could sit here and watch cutscenes on YouTube if I wanted to. Yep. You know, I and and you know I I just started skipping the cutscenes because I I just stopped caring about you know everything that they were saying so much because I just wanted to play the damn game. the The game is so much fun, and honestly, I think that this game once you beat it and there's no more cutscenes, it's gonna be a perfect game. This game's gonna be fucking amazing because then you can go around and you just get to enjoy all of it, which is all I all I want to do. I think that this game not being open world is such a good choice. The last game I know was open world and you know it's it was a little bit different for Final Fantasy because Final Fantasy 14 was not open world. Uh you know so to go from not open world to open world to not open world again it's a little bit of whiplash but I can say that I, I think that after having 15, because I actually, I got bored with 15 and I just stopped playing because I just didn't care about that game. I really didn't. And yeah, 15 was a very highly criticized game. And I had no idea about that until this game came out. To be yeah. honest with you, I had no idea that it was criticized. That I thought I had fun. I had fun with it from what I remembered, but I did remember there being a lot of issues. Yeah. It's, you know, and I think that a lot of that, stemmed from the open world. I think if it had been more linear, it definitely would have yeah. been a lot better. Um, this game being linear is a big advantage because, Absolutely. you know, like you said, you go to a certain area and you can just explore everything that area has to offer. And when you're done, you move on to the next area. And 
you know, Final Fantasy 15 being open world, I felt very overwhelmed with all the shit I was supposed to go do and explore. And there was constantly new, you know, markers coming up for, hey, there's something here to look at. There's a boss here to fight. There's treasure over here. There's side missions over here. This game, you know, especially well, Final Fantasy games are, are known for being just massive. And this yeah. game benefits so much from not forcing you to run all over this giant world, you know, because it's going to have enough runtime, I promise you, with the amount of content they've put in this game. I, I, I don't think that you're going to, you know, run out of things to do. The, the, biggest, the biggest problem is holding your attention through all of the cutscenes. I mean, some of them are great. Yeah. It's just the, the amount On of them are just topic, us talking. Yeah. On that topic, I will say that the good thing about the cutscenes is I felt, especially after the first 15 chapters, which I know that people are going to hear that, a chapter is just a mission or just a quest. That's all the chapters are. Each each chapter is just whatever main story quest that you're on, and then it goes from there. Um, You might have, there might be some where you have to do a side quest or two to kind of progress the game, but that's neither here nor there. I feel like once you get past the first, like, 15 chapters the cutscenes kind of start to dial back a little bit and it kind of gives you a little bit more freedom. It gives you a little bit, it loosens the reins a little bit on you and says, okay, we know you're probably wanting to play more of the game. There are still cutscenes, but they're not nearly as prevalent. They're not nearly as long and just, you know, grindy. You're, you're, grindy's not really the right word there, but they're, they're just not, they're not as prevalent as they are, especially in the epilogue and in the game's first 15 chapters. Because, listen, there are people out there that love cutscenes. I myself love a good cutscene. I love a good cutscene that tells me a great part of the story. There are a lot of cutscenes in the first five to ten hours of this game that you could do without. There's quite a few you could do without, or you could do with them being lessened a little bit. And 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 again, listen, for those people out there that love cutscenes, fucking weirdos that like cutscenes over gameplay, I guess. Like uh, that's, sure, you you probably had a had a ball with this, but especially when the combat is as fucking awesome as this game's is, it is really jarring to go five steps, cutscene, five steps, cutscene, one battle, cutscene, one battle, cutscene. It's it's really jarring, and at a certain point, Kyle, you mentioned it, you just start kind of, like, skipping through dialogue because you just kind of want to get back to the combat because that's what you're here for. The story is really good. I will say, after kind of allowing... All of that, after getting through that opening section and getting through those first 15 chapters, I'm in the 40s now in chapters. I've not finished the game, and I think Matt's a little bit further than me, but I could be wrong. Um, at least at this point, I feel like Matt should be ahead of me. He's played it a lot more recently than I have. Um, chapter ahead of me, actually. I am? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, like, we're all, like, we've all played quite a bit of the game, obviously. The story's really good. It's really interesting, it's just that it is very easy for new players or for players that, Kyle, you've said before that you weren't really a big Final Fantasy guy. You're not winning anybody over in those first 15 chapters. You are giving people reason to either skip cutscenes or to put the game down. And that's a problem because the story elements are good, but when you have the cutscenes that are that overbearing, it ruins the experience. It takes you out of the experience because the gameplay... The gameplay single-handedly is what carried me through those first 15 chapters. The boss fights carried me through those first 15 chapters. The combat sections carried me. That is ultimately what got me through those areas. Kyle, you had something to add. Yeah, so I I will say that, like you said, with the story, a part of it that makes it so good 
is they've removed the sanitization filter. This game is rated M, and it's rated M for a reason. I think that this, you know, this game is not held back by that M rating. Yes, some younger fans might not get to play this for a few years, but I think the amount of people who picked this game up versus the amount of people who didn't because of the rating, it's heavily ratioed. I mean, the people who picked this game up because they saw that M rating was so much greater than those who didn't. And it benefits. It benefits greatly because I feel like the dialogue Absolutely. is so much less cr- Not that di- Final Fantasy dialogue has always been really cringy. It's just, you know, when these games get held back and they're trying to cover deep topics like this. I mean, like, dude, in in the first, in the prologue, in the demo of the game, they not only killed, the you know, this kid's father right in front of him, then they killed the kid. In the damn demo, that shit was crazy. I was like, this is brutal, this is violent, this is so much darker than Final Fantasy has ever gone. And, you know, it's something that Rusty and I, Matt, talk about a lot when it comes to movies. Like, especially superhero movies, sometimes you don't need that sanitization because if you just let it go all out, it it will do numbers, it will sell because there's that mature audience out there who's looking for something like this. And I think this absolutely scratched that itch for Final Fantasy players, especially people who grew up with the series. We're adults now. You know, those of us who played the, you know, original Final Fantasy games growing up and, you know, even some of the newer ones like, you know, 11, 12, 13, we're, we're out of high school. We are adults now. And I, you know, I like to see when franchises evolve with their audience because while i understand not every kid is going to get to have the same final fantasy experience i got growing up i think that catering it for those people who did grow up with the series that are going to stay loyal to the series is a big plus yeah i think and that's one thing i've liked about final fantasy for a while is that final fantasy and square enix has done a really good job of this they typically evolve from game to game. They change something up from game to game, whether, you know, from 15 to 16, for example, the big difference is this game is not open world. This game is a lot more linear, and it's not just one gigantic world that you have to traverse for every single quest. So I, I think that it being more mature and it evolving from 16 or from 15, that, that is such a big deal, and I like how Square Enix has done that. I'm really impressed with that. Matt, the other thing that really carries this story, because we've talked about the gameplay a lot, the combat is very similar to like Devil May Cry and, you know, the power-ups that you have, you know, the use yeah. of the icons, those are really awesome. But yeah. I feel like also the big part of the story is the characters, man. And, and this is some of the best that we've seen, I would say in a while, because 15, I liked Noctis and I liked, I think, one of his friends. I like I liked Gladio, but I didn't really care much for Ignis, didn't really care much for Prompto, didn't really care much for them. This is the first like Final Fantasy that I've played in a while, not not including Seven Remake. That I thought the characters were really standout. I think Clive is an excellent protagonist, and oh, I yeah. think Ben, ben Starr, considering that he doesn't have a lot of credits that I could find to his name, did an excellent job voicing him. The younger Clive voice was hella fucking annoying. Not gonna lie, <laughs> was not a huge fan of that voice. His older voice, significantly better significantly better and then i think that you know you add in 
Uh, I don't know who it is that voices Jill, but I think she's an excellent main character as well. And then the scene stealer, Matt, fucking Sid, dude. Oh yeah. Sid Sid is a scene stealer in this game. He he the characters in this game are great. Yeah, I love the fact that they kept the tradition of keeping a character in the game named Sid. Uh, they had a bit of a twist in Final Fantasy uh, 15 where it was Sydney, and um, so that was really cool. But I think when we're talking about characters, when you're talking about such a story, a heavy story-driven game, that you have to have a great main character, a great protagonist, a great antagonist. You have to have great, you know, support characters, and that's honestly what they did really well here. I like all. I like everyone that you end up meeting, like from the beginning of the demo, where you meet, you know, you know, Clyde's friends, his, his guard with uh, was it Rodney, uh, the guy who trained, yeah, him. yeah, like Rodney. And then you meet Wade, and you meet Tyler, and they're a great supporting cast. And then as you're further into the game, you meet Martha. Why did you say that name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's definitely one thing that you have to have in a game like this. And Jill is an, an excellent, like, side character to go with Clive. Like, I like the relationship building. I like the fact that they were childhood friends. And later on in the game, you find out that, you know, she was taken. And she 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 ended up, be, you know, being a dominant and becoming the icon of Shiva. Yeah. And, like, more, more characters that you find that have icons are just really freaking cool characters like they have attitude they have style benedicta she's fantastic and her icon is garuda of, of wind and then you have you know hugo kuka and he has the titan and then sid sid was one of my favorites he had the ability of lightning and i can't remember the name of his icon uh, i believe it was um he was what's up i was at odin one time but it's not odin but then you also have like the icon bahuma and like I said, being a, well. Final, yeah. uh -huh, being a Final Fantasy fan, I love seeing the fact that they took the summons and they d incorporated them into the story a lot better than just being someone that you summon by using a bunch of, like, your, your MP. Um, but the characters in this game are so well-written, and, you know, there's a lot of twists that are coming, and, I mean, I even felt myself, like on the verge of not tears, but just like, I felt a, a heavy, heavy feeling in my heart when, you know, something happens and just like the unpredictability of what's going to happen. And as like, I'm playing further into the game, like I, my biggest fear is like, Oh no, please do not kill Torgal. Please do not. I love that little guy. I love the fact that there's a trophy lot behind petting him five times. Like he, he's yeah. an excellent, he's an excellent uh, assist to have in, in these fights. And like, and I just, they, they really did an excellent job with the characters. And, like, based off of previous Final Fantasy games, this one is more geared towards the, the West. Like, this is more of a Western, like, not like that, like Cowboys and stuff. Uh, but it's, like, not very Western much. Western like, America. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's not very much geared towards, like, the Japanese. Like, you know, Final Fantasy VII is very much heavily geared towards the Japanese. Um I like the fact that this game is just more grounded. It's more dark and, and it's more like mature, as we've said before. And like, I'm currently, I believe uh, six, well, I have six trophies from the story. So I'm, I don't exactly know what chapter I'm on, 
but I like that with each time that you start up a new chapter or when you're going back to the cutscenes, like these are the kind of cutscenes that I like watching. These are the, you know, the world building, the things that are going on. We even have a time skip, which I thought was really interesting. As Final Fantasy yep. 15 also did a bit of a time skip too, but it didn't really work as well for me as this one did. Yeah, I think, well, that's also because in Final Fantasy 15, I think the time skip in that game is like 30 years. Something like that, that one, yeah. It, the, it skips ahead a lot. This one, thankfully, at least the time skip that we're aware of, that well, I don't know if there's another one later, is only five years. Like, that's yeah. not as big of a jump as like 30 years, 40 years, which yeah. the one in Final Fantasy 15 is like, like you get to a point like late in the game and then it just puts you in this gigantic time skip and it's like, what the fuck? There's more? Like, but thankfully thankfully in this one i think the other thing that works a lot in this game there's a lot of twists in this one um specifically after chapter 15 and this is what led to me binging over the launch weekend of the game um (laughs) a reveal that a certain character might not have been as dead as we thought yeah uh being back that reveal kept me empowered me through the next probably 10 chapters and uh, again like it, it just there's certain twists and certain ways things that are done in this game and this story that will have you on edge, that'll have you wanting to know what happens next. And again, that's complemented very, very well by the Devil May Cry kind of combat, that style of combat here. Again, using the icons because you find out that Clive is actually the dominant for Ifrit, for Ifrit. And that's obviously a major, major figure in the Final Fantasy lore. So when you find that out, like the moment where I saw the words, Matt, because I know you've seen them. I don't know if Kyle has seen them. When the words press L3 and R3 to accept the truth popped up. Well, that was fantastic. That was great. That was one of was the great. most epic moments in a game that I've played in the last three or four years. That, that boss fight is one of the best moments I've seen because the boss fights are incredible. We talked about the Benedicta fight early. And then also, uh, Kyle, we talked about the Garuda fight, dude. Like for an early game boss fight to be as epic as that is, it's just really impressive. Yeah, it definitely is. I think that this game definitely, uh, they do things on a scale that has really impressed a lot of people because there's some games that are known for having giant battles like that, like Dark Souls, like God of War, you know, and I think it's really fun to embody this character who, you know, is obviously a minuscule, you know, size compared to the enemy you're about to face, and then seeing that you took down that, you know, gargantuan of a beast, it's sort of a feeling of accomplishment when you when you do that, and there's nothing more epic than you know, fighting a monster, fighting an enemy that's just 10, 20 times your size and overcoming it. I think that there are a lot of games that have really shown, you know, really good um, examples of that. And this is this is another one to add to the book. I, I see a lot of people really praising the boss fights and the combat. And it's, you know, like we've said, the strongest suit in this game is the gameplay, is the combat, because that's where I cannot put it down. I wish there was more. <laughs> I, you know, I, this is the first game where I don't care if you got, you know, little enemies for me to fight. I want to fight every single, you know, yeah. thing in this game. I'll fight everybody yeah. in this game. I'll fight you. <laughs> Just I'm going out, out of my way to fight some bitch-ass scorpions. Literally, <laughs> because exactly. I, exactly. I go looking for the fights because they're, they're so fun. But the I, I, yeah, I agree. The boss fights in this are... 
definitely on another level. Yeah, it's some it's some of the biggest spectacles we've seen in gaming. You know, the first Garuda fight is incredible. The mid game fight um, with Titan is just is awesome as well. You uh you fight Typhon, you know, in that big you know in that big well at one point that is just really really cool. There are so many things about the the boss fight and the spectacle that really take this game to the next level. Again, we talked about a lot in the Diablo episode about presentation and how much that helps that game's story. The presentation in this game really does carry it through and carries it across the finish line, and it just takes it to that next level. And, and again, the big important thing, again, nowadays in games, performance is really good across the board. It's a beautiful game to look at. There's next to no frame rate drops that I've encountered, and I don't know that you guys have encountered. Oh, Obviously, during combat, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. But but have, have they bothered you? Have it, has it happened enough to bother you? Oh, no, no. There's so much action going on. I'm like really paying attention. That's fair. I guess I was just curious. I know that obviously the big thing that's come out on social media has been that obviously there are some fights that are causing people's PS5s to overheat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have not had that happen. It's unfortunate if it's happened to other people. I don't love that that's happened to other people, but I'd imagine that that's something that can be rectified with maybe cleaning the dust out of your console like I did earlier. Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe taking the base plates off and um, making sure there's no rats or anything stuck in the base plates <laughs> or stuck in the fans. You might want to do that. Um, but, again, I think this is just such a high-quality game that, you know, yeah, it's got the issues at the start with all the cutscenes and it just kind of being a little overbearing. But, man, when, when you take that away – it feels like this really is a game of the year contender right there alongside, you know, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It feels like this can compete with Spider-Man 2 and Armored Core and, That's uh, you there. know, the Super Mario RPG remake, all these games that are still coming. It feels like this game really can compete with all those. And if you told me that it won, I really couldn't complain because I think it's an excellent game. I think my vote would still go to Tears of the Kingdom for right now, but... I think this is an excellent, excellent game that's a nine at worst. And I think when you say nine at worst, that's pretty impressive. I think if, you know, right. if the cutscenes were a little less overbearing, which to kind of go into detail more on that, the game is about 30 hours long if you just focus on story stuff, which 68 chapters in 30 hours, boy, you are cramming if you do that. But oh for the sake of that's what people have said is it's about 30, 35 hours. Well, the problem is there's about 10 hours of cutscene, and I don't love that about a third of the game is cutscene. Yeah. Um, I would much rather it be a lot closer to six or seven hours of cutscene. I'd rather it be, I think you could shave a few hours off and not lose much. But again, that's nitpicking. I think this is a great game, and I think both of you also believe this is a great game. So I, I'm I'm really pleased with it. It's a game that I feel like, and I said the same thing about Diablo, I don't question why I paid what I paid for this game. I don't question it. I think that I got my money's worth, and I'm really, really happy about that. It's an excellent quality game, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, obviously, you've been listening to this episode. You know we loved it. But we move on to the real game of the year contender because up next we got Pikmin 4. Woo! 
the real game of the year contender. We got the we got the Grinch, the Grinch stole, stole Christmas video game coming later this I'm year. I'm gonna do an entire episode by myself on why we need a PS1 Grinch remake in this side scroller garbage that they're giving us is not enough to hold those of us who are and I'm telling you, the Grinch PS1 has the biggest fan base out there. I don't care about Final Fantasy, I don't care about Legend of Zelda, I don't care about Mario, it's bigger than Mario. PS1 Grinch is the greatest game to ever grace your disgusting little eyeballs and i swear if we do not get a remake of the game this side-scrolling garbage is not gonna fly <laughs> you know kyle you you put more energy into that than i think i've ever seen you put into anything for the podcast so i love it i love it uh, that is a great place before we go further off the rails that's a great place to call this an episode i think yeah definitely <laughs> so, that is gonna wrap up this episode of side mission be sure to follow us on twitter at side mission pod you can follow the rest of us as well if elon is still unless he's still limiting how much you can see and you might be a Twitter goblin like me and Kyle are. But you can follow us there. You can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Kyle, for Matt, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.